Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm April Dimbaski in San Francisco. State lawmakers are introducing legislation that would require children attending public and private K-12 schools to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Governor Gavin Newsom passed a similar mandate last year, just like those for measles and polio, but his mandate includes a personal belief exemption. The new bill from State Senator Richard Pan would change that. We are taking that requirement away so that the state public health officer has the ability to actually put in the rules in place to protect children, especially if there's another pandemic. San Diego Unified School Board trustee Richard Barrera says he thinks only a small minority of parents are opposed to the vaccine. If a few people want to say that by sending their unvaccinated students to school, they're willing to risk the health and safety of all other students and educators, we need to send a different message. If the bill passes, only students with a medical exemption could skip the shot. In the next week, legislation that would help create a single-payer health plan in California will face a key test. The bill must pass out of the assembly by January 31st, or it's dead. The effort is being led by the state's nurses' union, but on the other side, the state's largest association of doctors is opposed. It will disrupt people's health care at the worst possible time. Ned Wigglesworth is a spokesperson for the Protect California Healthcare Coalition. It will force all 40 million Californians into a new, untested state government program and will prohibit them from being able to choose private coverage even if they want it. There's some interesting history here. In all previous attempts to create a single-payer system in the U.S., the fiercest objections have always come from doctors. Joining me to talk about this history is Dr. Micah Johnson. He's the co-author of the book Medicare for All, A Citizen's Guide, and he's a practicing internal medicine physician in Boston. Dr. Micah Johnson, good morning. Welcome to the California Report. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. In your book, you call doctors the perennial opponents of health reform. What events led you to draw that conclusion? So really, doctors have had a century-long history in the health reform debate, usually as the opponents. And that started back in the 1910s during the progressive era of reforms. This is after Germany in 1883 had passed health insurance. In 1911, Great Britain had passed health insurance. It seemed clear that the U.S. would be following suit. And initially, it looked like doctors in the American Medical Association were going to be supporters of the bill. But as the discussions unfolded, doctors turned. What were their concerns? The top one is really their own pay. And the second one being their autonomy in the practice of medicine. So, you know, going back to the 1910s and also in the 1940s, there's this fear that if there is a universal public insurance plan, that doctors are going to get paid less. 
So I think the most striking example is Harry Truman's healthcare proposal in the 1940s. This is the first and really only time a sitting U.S. president gave a full-throated endorsement of a single-payer style, truly universal national health insurance plan. And it was the American Medical Association were the top opponents of the plan. They hired a PR firm called Campaigns Inc. that rose to fame in California, helping to defeat a statewide universal health insurance plan in the state. The American Medical Association put an incredible amount of money behind this. So $3.5 million. In today's dollars, that's about $40 million. It was the largest lobbying campaign the nation had ever seen. And it worked. So at the beginning, the public was in support of this national health insurance plan, but then support dwindled over the years. And the vast majority of people had heard of the AMA's opposal to the plan. When I talk to doctors or groups who are opposed to the single-payer proposals right now, they say their top concerns are their patients. I think doctors have been double agents in the health reform debate for the last century. And you know, we wear two hats in these conversations. We wear the hat of medical experts, people who know a lot about what's best for patients. Then we also wear a hat that's just our own personal financial interest. And I think these things can often get confused and you know, can be leveraged against each other. In the early 60s, there was one of the early attempts to create a Medicare program for seniors. And back then, doctors hired Ronald Reagan to speak out against the idea. One of the traditional methods of imposing statism or socialism on a people has been by way of medicine. It's very easy to disguise a medical program as a humanitarian project. Most people are a little reluctant to oppose anything that suggests medical care for people who possibly can't afford it. Definitely a remarkable moment in the history of health reform there with, you know, doctors hiring Reagan. And even though Medicare passed, Ronald Reagan was also elected in a landslide in 1980 and ended up presiding over the Medicare program. Um, so we have all these, these ironies in health reform. How has doctors thinking evolved from the earliest 20th century to the Medicare days to now? I think we're really seeing an evolution. And First, seeing doctors support the Affordable Care Act in 2008, 2009. And then over the last 10 years, we've seen a lot of very interesting developments. One, now in most polls, a majority of doctors do support single-payer health care. And then secondly, we've seen that the American Medical Association, there's some internal debate about what the stance is going to be. And at one of the, in recent years, the big meetings for the American Medical Association it was actually the medical student chapter brought up a resolution to try to remove the AMA's opposition to single-payer health care, and it very narrowly failed. It got 47% support. So the AMA still opposes a single-payer, but we can see signs that things are changing. And then you have the second biggest group of doctors in the country, the American College of Physicians. This is where most of the generalist physicians are, and they now support single-payer health care as an option for moving forward on health reform. Dr. Micah Johnson, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just 
what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. A sea of red football jerseys. That's what the San Francisco 49ers are hoping to see in the stands again this Sunday as they travel down south to take on the Los Angeles Rams. The two teams are battling for a spot in the Super Bowl. Just a few weeks ago, thousands of Niners fans packed SoFi Stadium in Inglewood for the regular season finale between the rivals. Rams head coach Sean McVay said that was a big surprise. It did catch us off guard, I think, just because of the way that it's been this year. I mean, it's been a great Great atmospheres, great environments. Yesterday was the same thing, but there was a lot of red there. The Rams wanted to stop that from happening again. So they restricted Ticketmaster sales to this Sunday's game to fans with a Southern California zip code. Now the game is sold out. Coach McVeigh had a plea for ticket holders. Our guys are looking forward to putting on a good show. We got a great opponent, but um, don't sell those tickets. The winner of this Sunday's game will head to the Super Bowl on February 13th. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, January 25th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm April Domboski. Thanks for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Personal Capital helping people take control of their finances with financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary advisor, personalcapital.com, and Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at schmidtfutures.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit Donate dot kqed dot org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks 
Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Happy reading! 